Hello, and welcome to the Casual Author Podcast. I'm Dan, host and independent author of sci-fi and fantasy books, father of five, full-time worker, homesteader, and a man of many other responsibilities. I'm here to talk to you about what it's like to be an author, how we can prioritize and be productive, and how we can be encouraged to know that despite our busyness, we can still make the best of our authoring. To learn more about me, my books, or access the podcast show notes, head to dankenner.com slash podcast. Let's get started. Hello, it's Dan Kenner again with another episode of The Casual Author. It is Wednesday, September 14th, 2022, as I'm recording this. Um, today, I'm talking to Liz Delton, who's another independent author, about world building inside and outside of your books. Now, I'm going to go ahead and add a caveat here. I apologize for any background noise you might hear. Um, normally, I record at a time when my kids are sleeping, um, but there were some circumstances that prevented me from recording during that time. And so definitely wanted to get this conversation out there for you. I'm unsure if you'll be able to hear very loudly, but if you do, I apologize for that. Yesterday, I had some interesting um, and pretty unfortunate news at work. There were some layoffs at the company that I work for, which um, pretty much eliminated the entire team, my team, except for me. <laughs> so just feeling a little overwhelmed with that, trying to figure out how to navigate the new responsibilities and the new structure of the organization. So that kind of uh, distracted me a little too much. and I wasn't able to record uh, this this session last night. But um, there are some great updates. So yesterday was September 13th, which means Ascended is now published and available. So it's a very surreal moment um, because I've been working on this series for years and years, and I, I never thought that I would actually be able to get it done. Uh, but the final book is completed, um, had some amazing feedback about it. A lot of people have said they haven't been excited about a series, a fantasy series like this in a long time, so that's very encouraging to me. Unfortunately, it's still a pretty long series, and I'm an unknown author, so trying to get my books out there is very challenging, not to mention I still tr struggle with actually telling people what it's about. <laughs> which I know is a concern for a lot of authors, but it's still a great feeling that it's done. I definitely want to try to figure out marketing a little bit better, see if my covers can do some of the work for me. And hopefully now that the series is done, there's a lot more people that will be thinking, hey, I'll, I'll take a chance on this author because I know there's not a lot of people that that prefer to wait until the series is completed. But anyway, it's exciting. It's it's completed. I, I do need to finalize some of the files and some of the other systems. I haven't got it up on draft to digital quite yet for ebook availability worldwide, but I will be doing that in the next day or two. So it will be there soon. But it is on Amazon. I've, I've uploaded to Ingram Spark both digital, so ebook and paperback. So it should be available in bookstores and indie bookstores all over the place. So that, that's great. Um, you can buy signed copies from my website if that's something you're interested in. Um, I ordered the, the physical copies a while ago, but they still have not shipped. So I tried to get ahead of it by ordering them three weeks ago, but apparently that was still not sufficient. They still haven't even bothered shipping them. They're printed. They're just sitting in a box somewhere. Unsure why. But I'll get them eventually if, if you'd like a signed copy of it. You can order them at my website. So it's dankenner.com slash shop. 
But so what that means is now it's it's time to redirect my focus, try to figure out. I, I've had a lot more people request the audiobooks, which I've talked about before, but I definitely need to figure that out. And then continuing on with my new writing project, which I have, have been consuming my mind in a positive way. It's really great to dive into a new story, the magic system. And this one is even more complex, coincidentally, than the one in the Light Bearer Chronicles. I don't know why I do that to myself. Um, but it's it's very grounded in language in symbolic systems, which I'm somewhat obsessed with. So that's fun. What it's going to turn into, I have no idea. I'm a, I'm a pantser, discovery writer, so I have no idea if it's going to be a long series, short series, long books, short books. I'm still just trying to figure it out, but I'm enjoying it. I love the writing process and, and figuring it out as I go. When I tell people that I did not really plan the Lightbearer Chronicles, and then they read it and they get to the end of the third book and think, how in heaven's name did you write this without having any plan? Because there's lots and lots of tiebacks to the first book in the third book. You know, breadcrumbs that were left in the first book without really my knowledge until I got to the third book and realized, oh, hey, that is more significant than I intended it to be, or it's significant in this way. So um, I don't know, the complexity of the human mind still baffles me, but really enjoying the new project and hopefully you'll see some great things to come. Now, as far as um, homestead life, most of that has remained pretty steady. The harvest is coming in. Um, I guess this isn't directly related to plants we are growing, but it is peach days um, in northern Utah. So if you're unfamiliar with with Utah, there's a period of time in early September, uh, early to mid-September, where peaches ripen all over. There's a tons of peach orchards in northern Utah. And so they have peach days where you can go and get really inexpensive, fresh, amazing peaches. And so we got... Um, 20 bushels of (laughs) peaches and pears that are sitting up in boxes. Now, what that means is my wife, and I will help as much as I can, but my wife primarily will be canning those. We we process them, get them in cans, and um, put them on our shelves in our food storage. Now, that's helpful because during the winter, when certain fruits are too expensive slash unavailable, it's great to be able to pull something down off of a shelf, and we still have those fresh peaches. So, uh, we are drowning in peaches for the next few days as we process all of those. The pears have not ripened. We'll need to give those a few days to ripen, and then we'll do the same thing. We'll process the pears. It has been instrumental. Uh, we've done this for years. It, it's just nice to have that food storage from a security standpoint, but also um, from just being able to have fresh peaches. It's, it's an amazing blessing to have those. And hopefully we'll get apples so we can make applesauce. So while the garden is kind of finishing up, um, we can't really can the tomatoes quite yet or the peppers, but we will as those finish up their harvest. It's starting to get cooler um, where we are. So now that we're looking at potentially seeing a frost in the next couple of weeks, which I, I forget how early the frost appears um, this far north, but it's all right. We're, we're prepared for it. Other than that, yeah, we will be butchering chickens, or I shouldn't be processing chickens for those of you that don't like to hear that. Uh, the first set of chickens that we got, it's just a, a handful, five or six of them this Saturday. So that is something that's coming up. I'll have to let you know how that goes next week. Um, other than that, we're stocking up on cheese. My wife has been making lots of really great cheeses, Gouda, um, cheddar, 
I can't even amend, remember all of the other Buder queso type cheeses, hard cheeses that are aging now in our fridge. Uh, we've got five or six blocks that we need to let sit there for the next month or two before we can open them up. But it's been great because of how expensive cheese and milk and eggs have gotten. We feel really blessed that we've kind of set up the infrastructure for those things. Um, and we, we haven't had to buy those things in a really long time. So a lot of people are talking about oh, how expensive milk is or how expensive uh, cheese is. It, we're not buying as much of it because we're, we've been making it. So um, feeling really blessed during the strange economy times that, that that hasn't been as much of an issue for us. But not taking anything for granted, we continue to do the work and uh, we're talking about putting in an orchard next year. So that is on the plan to pl- plot out and determine um, what types of trees we want with the intent to plant fruit trees so we can have our own orchard next year. Obviously, it won't produce for you know, three, five, 10 years, depending on the type of tree, but getting it in place so that we can start having our own fruit, uh, which will be great. We really would like just to, to utilize the acreage that we have and put some beautiful trees in there and of course make them as productive as possible because why not? If you've got the space, why not use it to the best of your ability? So that's, that's a, I feel like that was a lot of updates, uh, but I believe that's it for the updates. We'll go ahead and shift over to the interview portion of the podcast. Liz Delton is the independent author of numerous fantasy and steampunk novels. Hey, Liz, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing great. Having a, a great day so far. Um, it's, it's great to be able to meet you in person. I've been following you for a while on social media and I know you've seen some of my stuff as well, but it's great to connect with authors real time and learn more about them. So I love to ask as we get started, how long have you been writing and publishing? Oh, um, I have been writing for about eight years now and, um, you know, it's funny, I was just doing a book signing this past weekend. And I was asked by several people, you know, that was one of the questions is how long have I been writing? Um, and I had to think back and like count back to my first book, uh, when it was first published. And um, but I did do a little writing in college. Um, I wrote some plays that weren't that good. Okay. Because um, <laughs> I went to school for theater. And um, then I just got into novel writing. And uh, I think that's really cool that you you had that. I think there's a lot of similarities between things like theater and acting and music and whatnot, because it's just kind of that creative space and art. You've mentioned that you do art as well, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So kind of all jives well together, which which I think is really cool. So what type of books do you write just for clarification? I write uh, fantasy and then uh, steampunk as well. Okay, I've admittedly not read a ton in the steampunk genre, but I'd, I'd love to get into that a little bit more. I've heard a lot of great things. So yeah, I um, I got into it from another indie author, and um, it was H. L. Burke, and she had some really great steampunk books, and I just really enjoyed the aesthetics and like the vibe of Victorian era, and you know all the gears and all the industrial you know inventors mm-hmm. and things like that. So. I thought I'd try my hand at it and I really enjoy it. So that's really cool. You, and you've published some 12, 15, somewhere in their books by now, correct? Yeah. Um, the official number is 15. Some okay. of them are writer's notebooks. Um, okay. So, you know, it's 15 
titles and I couldn't tell you how many of them are novels off the top of my head right now, but um, there's some novellas in there as well. So just a variety. You have links. a great backlist though, which is amazing. So I'd love to, to talk to you a little bit about a couple things with this, right? Because these aren't all part of the same series, right? So as you've been writing these and whether or not you've been writing them at the same time, there's just a massive element of creating these worlds, world building and balancing that with, I think you've mentioned this before, you use the same term world building outside of your books, right? There's, there's just a, mm -hmm. there's a lot that goes on with writing a book. So how do you keep everything straight as you're, as you're building these worlds and, and what's your method for that? It's a lot to keep straight. <laughs> um, and I've definitely had other writers ask me that before. And I keep a lot. I have a conglomeration of notes and okay. maps and spreadsheets, but honestly, most of it happens in my head because I don't always consult those maps and spreadsheets until, you know, I have to go fact check, mm -hmm. but, um, it's mostly in my head. So when I'm writing those, those works, I have to like get in that headspace to remember which series I'm in. And um, I feel like the thing that grounds me the most is, um, and this is one thing that I make sure to do in all my writing is I ground myself in like the senses when mm -hmm. I'm writing. Mm -hmm. So like, I always make sure to give the character like some smells that like, you know, they, my, the book I'm writing right now is, um, an autumn steampunk novella. So there's a lot of like, she smells like the apple wafting from the bakery and mm. she hears an airship in the air or she sees, you know, the cloud of steam um, roll away from the steam train. So the, like grounding myself in the senses really like puts me in that world. Mm -hmm. And somehow I keep track of all the other details. So, <laughs> I mean, it sounds, you sound very similar to me in the way that I write because, so I'm a pantser. I, I don't write anything down like at all. It's probably terrible. I really should. But um, I don't know. Would you consider yourself more of a plotter or pantser with your writing? I'm a planter. <laughs> planter. I think that's great. Um, that's I, I started off as a pantser for sure. And the past couple of years, I've, Kind of, I've made myself a, a very modest plan, okay. <laughs> but okay. it's, I don't usually know like a hundred percent how it's going to go. And mm -hmm. so it's a very vague outline. So. Yeah. Well, and I think that definitely plays into the world building aspect. Um, like you mentioned fact checking and just trying to keep track of the rules. I'm using quotations for people that can't see the rules mm -hmm. and the, the, um, the science behind the way things work and whatnot. Some of it is going to be grounded in reality, whereas some of it is not, especially if you're writing something like fantasy. But even then, there still needs to be some type of respect for the world that you're building. So um, where did you find inspiration for these worlds? Is that from those maps and just random jots and tittles here and there in, in the various spreadsheets? Yeah, definitely. I, um, I, have, I used to put like little scraps of paper in my pocket um, okay. when I would, when I had like a desk job, I would, I would write like down like the randomest things and stuff a little scrap of paper in my pocket to remember for later. I mean, um, 
I think that's great. Yeah. How, how did I've... you keep them straight? <laughs> I'll spend I, first. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, okay. you know, the, the variety of notebooks that we sure. all, all of us mm. writers have. I, I usually started with like a little kind of brainstorming, like a couple of pages on a notebook. And I would just write down like the random ideas or themes mm-hmm. or settings um, that were kind of going around in my head. So just a like mishmash board on like a sheet of paper. I mean, that's, it's the type of idea kind of, I'm using word cloud here, not in the correct term, but just really the brainstorming phase where you just put a lot of random ideas and then you rein those ideas in. Now, some of us uh, like myself happen to do that kind of mentally. I don't recommend it. I, it's definitely not as organized as I could be, but getting it down on paper is, is even if you don't use Right. those ideas you're just putting down these really cool things and some of them are like oh two days later that's terrible or it leads to another idea and you kind of build off of that um so how much of your worlds this might be a tricky question to answer but come out as you're writing the story like it because i'm sure it builds upon itself and new things appear do you feel like you have a good grasp on the world before you really start getting into the story or is there a lot that comes out as you write it a lot of mine comes out as i write it mm-hmm. um even like the physical layout of the world like the maps like i don't even sure. have that um you know i'll just be writing and i'll just throw a town name in there and <laughs> later i'll be like all right i gotta go put down the map but um no even just the general world building like i'm as i mentioned i'm working on an autumn uh steampunk novella it's called all hollows airship and okay. i started writing it knowing that it was going to be autumn and there was going to be an airship (laughs) it was going to be around all hollows eve and i had an idea for the character um who is a she wants to be a journalist for the you know the paper and so she's searching for a story but i just kind of built um the like the town kind of around her and like her you know the themes and the story so it's it's happening as i go (laughs) well and i think i think that's hopefully encouraging to people that are listening because i know that there's a lot of people that fear getting into writing because you know building a world is overwhelming it really Mm -hmm. is there's so much to it and depending on how deep you want to go into it it can get even more complicated you know some authors are bringing in religions and gods and various Mm -hmm. other things and you know that that's great but it can feel overwhelming so it's encouraging to hear an author like you who's published so much who's written so much say i don't don't know i knew these three things (laughs) and i knew (laughs) it was going to be this era and that's okay. That's all you need to know. And you just get started writing and it just builds and it, it comes as you're writing it. Yeah. Cause I find that like, if something is slowing me down, like, you know, the idea that I might need to build the entire world before I start it, that would, that would have slowed me down. Yep. Or if I had to figure out like the whole plot before I started writing I wouldn't be as far as I am into it now. So I'm just going mm-hmm. and, you know, I have a vague idea of how it's going to go, but if I sat down and you know, plot out the world. So right now, like this, it depends on the book, but right now it's kind of like, I just want to get the words out. Mm-hmm. So I'm eliminating the obstacle of planning. <laughs> 
and, and, and it does, uh, it's an obstacle for me too. <laughs> so it, it just depends on the person. And obviously if you're listening and you're a plotter, great. You do what's not an obstacle. If pantsing is an obstacle for you, don't do it, but it, it just do what it feels comfortable to you. But recognize that I think even with plotters, the world just kind of comes out as your as your writing it changes. And, and I can imagine um, that plot like that plotters they spend more time plotting, and then they can just very quickly write. True, but yeah. the way my brain works, I just I. I like to kind of discover it as I go. <laughs> well, yeah. And I think the one thing for me, and this is just, I don't know if you feel this way as well for with world building is I love discovering it as if I'm the reader, even though like subconsciously I knew I'm the writer. Yeah, I, I'm writing it. I'm creating it. But still, it feels like it's being revealed to me. I'm like, whoa, this world is way cooler than I ever thought it could be. And I didn't know it. So that's the exciting part for me. So I, I don't know if you have that same experience as you're writing. I yeah, I totally agree because I've had characters just show up that mm. I was not planning. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That has or like, I've had characters uh, die too that I wasn't planning. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so that wasn't great. But it happens. It, it happens. You just deal with it. So you mentioned world building without both within and without. So let's talk a little bit more about that and, and how you see that and what that means to you. So um, this is kind of like a, a marketing hack, um, the okay. without the book. Um, sure. so within the book, you know, we just talked about all of the, you know, your setting, your time period, your, you know, all that. So without the book, I like to do like outside world building. So, um, as an example, I, um, published a book called the alchemist mirror and it's about two sisters who run a tea shop and mm -hmm. their brother is an explorer he's gone missing and they're solving the mystery they get caught up with alchemists secret societies etc all while they're trying to run their tea shop so um i created a line of teas <laughs> that are available like people can just buy them um that are from the tea shop in the book um, I made like a little logo for the tea shop and, um, around the book launch, I, uh, also created like some recipes of things they served in the tea shop. Um, so I like, I baked them all, <laughs> took pictures and did like little recipe cards and shared them on like this little social media tour. So there are things that you can do like that are within the book that you can make much bigger in real life and kind of make it so it's not just a book. It's like a whole experience. That is really cool. I, I was actually, when you mentioned talking about world building with, I was a little bit curious to know what that meant. That's fascinating. <laughs> um, how do you, how do you find the time to bring those things out of your book? I mean, that seems like I don't even know where to begin in, in making a tea making teas that that match the ones that are in books yeah i i well the tea thing i stumbled across because i'm a big tea drinker um okay. and it's called uh there's a website called adagio teas that i get a lot of my tea from and they have um the ability to make your own blends that other people can buy and they're called fandom blends so there's even ones on there that people make for like for other fandoms 
um, fandoms much bigger than mine. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just like designed the little covers for the tea tins and I picked what teas went in them. Because as I was writing the book, I wrote down all the names of the teas that they say in the in the story, you know, that they're in the shop and oh, so-and-so's favorite tea is this one. Um, you know, each of the, ma- the two main characters each have their own favorite tea. <laughs> um, so that was just like a fun little thing I wanted to do for readers and fans. And so I've done it for um, my other series, the Realm of Chameleon series. Um, I haven't launched those teas yet or finished them all because it's a four book series and I'm trying to do the tea for the fourth book's release, uh, The Starlight Dragon. It's coming later this year. So I'm okay. I'm working on um, the tea blends because they drink tea in that book too. Um, but I don't, um, I can't really tell you my secret to how I find the time. <laughs> I just... <laughs> you just do. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I just get these ideas and I just want to make them happen. <laughs> I think that's really cool that you have an idea and and you just make them happen. I mean, that's the essence of independent publishing in many ways is we're not going to find time for things. You get these ideas and you just decide, hey, I'm going to go for this or I'm not. And if I'm going for it, you just do it. Mm-hmm. You just make the time for it and, and it happens the way it happens. So have you had a lot of people bite or be excited about these teas or these kind of external, how do I even say this, perks <laughs> yeah. with your books? Um, I have. Yeah, I've had some some people getting the teas off of there and um, I sent some out to, you know, like reviewers and stuff and they really enjoyed it. And um, it's And it's almost like it's kind of similar to um, how people will do like character art um, for their characters in a book. So it's, you know, it's something from the book that you can see or look at or whatever. So it's just like an extra, like you said, a park, which I find really fun. It is really fun. And I've heard of some other authors, um, Charlie Holmberg. I don't know if you've read anything by, by her. Um, she's not an independent publisher. She publishes through a publishing house, but she writes music, you know, to kind of represent the characters or maybe conflicts or or books themselves. And that's interesting to me. Now, I, I don't, I don't know if she sells that. I'm sure you can, you know, upload it to Spotify or whatever. Uh, but that's a really interesting way to bring out the feelings and the perspectives and just the characters and stories, um and repurpose it right kind of kind of build that world outside i've done simple things like t-shirts and you know printed things but that's not nearly as exciting as teas <laughs> or things that feel more relatable to the characters um but i, I just think that's that's a really fun idea so how do you market these things you do you sell them alongside your books you just have like an online website where they can order these things and it ships automatically how does that all work i'm really casual about it they're just available i'll share the link every so often um to the teas and um it's more just like a little extra um that's cool for readers yeah but um, probably... i only i only recently got into doing like the shirts and mugs and stuff so you're ahead of me on that one <laughs> well, i mean <laughs> it's it's not very well marketed on my part so it's not has, hasn't gone anywhere as of yet but 
I do anticipate delving into that a little bit more. Uh, it probably helps you gain some more insight into your own character's minds. And it's it's cool because you're, you're kind of already thinking about these out external world building elements as you're finishing up the final book of that series. Yeah, absolutely. And like when I was trying to come up with like people's favorite teas, I had to think like, okay, like what would their favorite tea be? Like what flavors are they going to like? Um, Cause if, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I um, will sometimes, you know, somebody hugs someone else and they're like, Oh, they smell like, you know, such and such. Um, so I try and put in like, you know, people smell like maybe they smell like something, but what kind of flavors do they like or <laughs> things like that? You, sometimes I wonder if it's too much information on my end. <laughs> you know, I that, that to me doesn't seem weird. I mean, to be fair, I haven't been hugging anybody recently with COVID and the fact that I live in oh, rural right. Idaho. But <laughs> oh, in your book, in your book. <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's fair. I, I do. I do think considerably about smells, though, of things they think. The whole sense thing it just makes a lot of sense because I think people forget as they're writing books that sight and hearing are not the only ways to build the world, right? There's smells, there's feel, there's tastes, right? There's so many other experiences, emotions and connection with things like nature and reactions to other people, animals. And so just bringing in those senses. And so thinking about, I don't think it's oversharing or, or delving too deep in how, how would this person smell? I don't know that I've admittedly thought about people smelling. I've thought about like places or, you know, animals or various things that are surrounding them smells, but not necessarily people. That's interesting. Maybe I'm trying to decide <laughs> if I think if I've described that as I've been writing books, but you should, you should apparently make a perfume or cologne line too. Oh, true, true. <laughs> that sounds complicated. <laughs> Um, I can tell you one of the um, characters in my Realm of Familia series smells like frankincense and green things. Okay. Um, and I remember that because um, he works in like an apothecary. So I figured it only made sense. Um, <laughs> that, that, that does make sense, but it does kind of bring that realistic sense of the person. Um, a, a lot of people... I, I live by my nose in many ways. So experiencing that, like the whole nostalgia factor of smells right. is, is just important to tap into when you're writing these books. Yeah. So, and even if the character, you know, they're, they walk into somewhere and it's not, you know, it smells like damp and dust, dusty and everything. Musty, you know, yeah. it, give, it gives you like a bad feeling as a reader. Yeah. So even just reading about these like scents or whatever, so you know, does somebody does it smell like citrusy and like uplifting in the you know so and so's like house or whatever? So I think smell can can do a lot. It, it definitely can, and in combination or in connection with the other ones, it it can be very powerful. So how how is your writing? Do you? know at least for you because i know everyone has different styles but how do you know or get to a point that you have enough world building per chapter or per page how do you know how often to sprinkle in do you just kind of have a sense for that i would have to guess that i do because i i don't i can't say that i kind of measure it or you um, think much about it yeah i don't yeah i don't kind of actively think you know is there enough here um, when I go through on my many uh, rereads and revisions, mm. 
if something doesn't make sense um, or, you know, I threw something in too like quickly, like a detail um, too quickly, like, do I need to elaborate? Do I need to put it more elsewhere? Um, because, you know, if you mention, you know, something, if you mention a detail, it should be important or relevant. So if there's a reason you're mentioning it, you should have it, you know, make sense and be memorable or maybe not mention it at all, depending on the detail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we all run into those <laughs> things as we're going through consecutive right. edits. Like My editor would ask me sometimes or, or you know, beta reader where, does this come up later? It's like, actually, no, I don't think so. We should probably just take it out. Yeah. Because it doesn't come up again. That you elaborated like, on. Like, but at the time, I thought it would be, but apparently not. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> so this is part of the whole process. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned maps. And I think maps is another really interesting and cool way to bring the world to life even before. Now, do people inspect maps? Probably most of the time, no. but even just having it, I like to look at them prior to reading the story. So how do you envision those maps? Is, is it part of the world building process? Is it prior to even writing it? How does that fit in with the whole world building aspect? I usually draft mine as I'm kind of writing, um, usually to help me like figure out how close things are to mm. one another or, um, you know, just, are they going south and they're passing through the, you know, XYZ city? Um, or did I say that that city was like way up northeast or something? So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. just logistically, I like to kind of draft that as I'm going. Um, and I do have a couple of maps um, for my series, my Realm of Familia series. I've actually been working on the map since book one but it hasn't been released um inside a book yet um surprisingly so i'm planning on putting it in book four um because the first book was published through a small press and i at the time didn't have a map um for it so i have since been working on my like map kind of I wouldn't say map making or illustrating skills because I don't do either of those things, but I've been <laughs> experimenting with various map software. <laughs> okay. Um, and I've been trying to make that map. So I'm, I'm getting that one ready for, uh, to go out with book four. Um, and then I have, I do have a map for my first series, which is the Arcera, uh, the four cities of Arcera, mm-hmm. which um, in the original uh, first release was hand drawn um, by me, and then kind of illustrated on the computer as well. And then I I recently redid it when I when I released um, a new edition of the covers. And um, it's a very it's a very simple world because there are only four cities left. So that was kind of an easy map to make. <laughs> I, I th- so I, I do want to bring this up because we, we've talked about this prior to now. But um, you have you are an artist um graphic design it sounds like you, you do mostly correct i do so i think i mean i think that's it's a, a really great skill to have in connection with being an author because you have the skills at least you can develop those for map making and or cover design or character art or you know there, there's a lot of applications for writing for an author so um 
what map making software do you prefer when you're working with these maps? Um, I first experimented with um, Incarnate. Okay. I-N-K, uh, Incarnate. And that was pretty neat. And they had a lot of interesting, like, little illustrations, I guess, that you could choose for, you know, what does this little city look like? That kind of thing. I don't know what they're icons, I guess you would call them. Mm-hmm. And um, that one was pretty neat. And then I I did in, get some software called Wonder Draft uh, that I'm still teaching myself um, because okay. it was there is kind of like a learning curve. Um, and but outside of that, I I just like to use um, Affinity, which is you know essentially Photoshop. If you're not familiar with that, I use um, Affinity actually. Okay, yep. great. Mm-hmm. I highly I love that. I love that software. <laughs> I'm still getting <laughs> used to, to it. Everyone. <laughs> and then not as great as, but I was paying for Photoshop month to month. And then Affinity came up. Um, I'm friends with another cover designer and she indicated that, hey, this is cheaper. It's a one-time mm-hmm. cost and it works as good, if not better in some ways. And yeah, yeah I haven't regretted it. It's great. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I was paying annually for Photoshop and then I discovered Affinity and they usually have half off sales. And, um, mm-hmm. and I tried it for like the first month and I was like, all right, I can get rid of Photoshop now. <laughs> it's saves quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but all of these tools, all of this is to say that, you know, as authors, it's, it's great to hear from other authors, what resources they use to build and work on these things. Even for some of us who aren't as artistic, um, there's still a lot of tools out there. So as you're thinking about these worlds and putting these things together, it can be helpful to either while you're writing or prior to writing, just kind of create some of this fun stuff, even if you don't use it. Mm-hmm. It just gets those juices flowing. Yeah. And I want to recommend another software that I thoroughly enjoy for keeping track of my details. Okay. Um, have you? Are you familiar with Notion? I just started using Notion briefly. Oh, nice. I really like it. I have, um, and it's, and it was free, which was, mm-hmm. you know, bonus. <laughs> so I have, um, lots of different pages in notion. I've one to, um, for my book details, I, to, you know, for all of the little world building details. And then I've got pages for like my news, my author newsletter to keep track of those details pages for my uh, publishing imprint pages for design gigs. I do. So it's so handy to keep track of all those details that I have in my head. <laughs> that is why I try started to use it. I haven't I haven't unpacked the um all of the benefits of it because I'm still not great at keeping track of things, but I'm trying and Notion does have a great interface for that. Right. And I but I, I also well, I also think it might be hard because there are so many like ways you can use it. I also yes. kind of I was like how do I even start? Like, what am I going to, what am I going to do with these pages? Mm-hmm. And I, I have a ton of pages now. <laughs> I just, I just make them as I need them. So it's been really handy for me. It's those notebooks. It's like those half filled right. notebooks, except rather than notebooks, you've got pages digitally. So mm-hmm. not only do you save on paper, but it's all in one place rather than scattered all over the room. Right. So 
So it's a great option for that. Well, I think these 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 tools and, and this conversation is helpful, hopefully, for people considering beginning world building or kind of in the throng of world building to keep track of those things and and fact check and just really build a, a fantastic place to put the setting and our character. So I'm sure this is a conversation that we could have for ages. Um, but before before we wrap up here, I always love to ask authors. Um, where can people find more information about you and your books? If they want to check them out. Um, my website is lizdelton.com or um, you can find me on TikTok at lizdeltonwrites and, uh, and on Instagram as well, but I'm having a lot more fun on TikTok. Yeah, I think that's kind of the consensus. There's a lot of people, I don't want to say jumping ship, but kind of shifting over from Instagram. Mm-hmm. I don't get the, the aesthetic of instagram i don't jive i like to look at it but i don't yeah. jive with it in terms of posting so i can be a goof on tiktok and it works out great yeah so that's perfect but yeah so tiktok liz Del- liz delton.com that's d-e-l-t-o-n correct yep that's perfect and just a, a couple other tidbits you also provide some author services i do um which is wait. worth noting Yeah, lately I've been doing logo design, which has been really fun, Um, kind of creating graphics for for other authors to represent their brand. Um, And I, the authors I've made logos for recently have just loved them. And um, I do these services through my uh, publishing company, which is called Tourmaline and Quartz Publishing. And uh, through the imprint, I publish my own books, but I do have those services. And uh, this year, I'm actually publishing an anthology with uh, some short stories from other authors. So, how oh, cool! That's super fun. Well, that's something to look forward to. I'll have to keep an eye out for that. Very good. Well, thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was great. <laughs> I hope you found that helpful. I know that I did. When I when you hear something like uh, building the world inside and outside of your book, you forget about all these amazing possibilities um, in terms of bringing the the excitement and the world and the characters to life outside of your books in very fantastic ways. And I know character art is one way to do that, but there's a lot of different facets to that world building and, and ways to pull that out of your story to get your readers ingrained. So have I done a lot of that for the Lightbearer Chronicles? No. Uh, would I like to? Yes, but there's all sorts of things that we would like to do as authors. Still, it's a really insightful thing to think about because if it helps the author get into the mindset of your characters and the world and the story, then it's going to be beneficial for you and your readers will be able to tell that even if you do some of these things like create tea for your characters, even if you are the the only one who enjoys it as the author. So something to really keep, keep in mind. But um, if you have any questions, you can always contact me at authordkenner at gmail.com. If you would be interested in joining me on my podcast, feel free to reach out to me. You can contact me on any social media sites. Author Dan Kenner is generally the handle that you can use. That's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, I think Twitter might be slightly different, but you should be able to find me by Dan Kenner. Um, and yeah, if you have any authors or other ancillary people, I'll say, um, people how do i say that editors cook book cover designers marketers any of people like that who might have great insight then uh, let me know point them in my direction and i'd love to have a chat but for now we'll see you next week